Welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. We wanted to remind you to check out the Ringer's YouTube page. We're publishing new original videos all the time, including a new This Is Us parody called This Is Bus, featuring some of your favorite Ringer employees like Bill Simmons, Jason Concepcion, and Chris Ryan. And on Friday, we published a video breaking down the staff's favorite moments of 2018 in sports and pop culture, ranging from A Star Is Born to the Philadelphia Flyers mascot, Gritty. These videos and more can be found at youtube.com slash The Ringer. Hey, it's Shay. This is another bonus Q&A episode of Villains. Thank you to everyone who took their phone out of their pocket, unlocked it, pressed some buttons on it, held it up to their face, and then said words into it. That was cool of y'all. Let's answer a bunch of questions about Amy Dunn from Gone Girl. First question. Hey, what's up? This is Ryan from New York. Shay, after listening to your Gone Girl episode and listening to the Hannibal Lecter episode, I was wondering who you think would have the most normal kid, either Amy and Nick Dunn or Hannibal Lecter and Clarice. Thanks. Cool, 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 cool. Let's... Let's start out with some eugenics. That's <laughs> eugenics, always a fun and safe, to- <laughs> safe topic. Amy and Nick probably have a kid that's the closest to normal, would be my guess. Because if you're talking about the book version of Hannibal and Clarice, then that means you've got two doses of crazy. Because you already know that Hannibal is top-level nuts. And Clarice ends up falling in love with him. She loses it. She falls in love with him. So if they have a baby, and she's also high up that crazy mountain, that's crazy times crazy, which equals crazy squared, is how that works. That's what that baby is going to be. Nick gets forced into being a father. He doesn't fall back in love with Amy after all of the stuff that she's done. So he's just regular. He's a dick, of course, but he's a regular dick. So him and Amy... That's crazy times regular dick. That does not equal crazy squared. Also, we're talking about different types of crazy with Hannibal and with Amy. Hannibal would clearly be a bad father. His version of crazy is not practical in any sense. Amy, I think Amy would be a really good mom. I mean, you're going to have to ignore a lot of stuff. But her focus, her attention, her desire is to like, present this beautiful version of everything. So she's going to make sure that her kid has all of the best opportunities. Like, can you imagine a scenario where baby Dunn does not get into like the very best private school? There's no way Amy would be all over that shit. That's what she is built to do. That kid, Amy and Nick's kids not going to turn out great, but he's going to turn out less terrible than Hannibal and Clarice. Next question. Hey, Shay, this is Megan. Um, I had some friends who went to Gone Girl on their first date and never got a second date because the guy was so freaked out um, about Amy Dunn and about being the first date. Can you think of a worst first date movie? The only movie that I can very confidently say would be a worse first date movie than Gone Girl would be one time I watched this movie called Human Centipede. Oh my God, it's so gross. It's about this guy. I'm remembering this from years and years ago, so I might get some of these pieces wrong. But it's about a guy 
who kidnaps three people. He cuts their ACLs in their knees so they can't stand up or run away. And then he surgically connects them together mouth to butt. <laughs> like, that's what he does. So you've got, picture this, you've got a guy in the front. He's on his hands and his knees. Behind him, you have a woman who's had her mouth sewn to the man's butthole. And then behind that woman, you have a second woman who has had her mouth sewn to the woman in the middle, sewn to her butthole. And <laughs> this is the most, I'm guessing this is the most amount of times today you're going to hear the word, <laughs> the word butthole. <laughs> anyway, so you've got man, woman, woman, mouth to butthole, mouth to butthole. It's just super, it's super gross and it's super uncomfortable. But that's got to be a bad first date movie. They actually made Human Centipede 2. And this time they had it. So it was like 30 people long. Lots of mouth to buttholes. And then they made a Human Centipede 3. And they're just like, fuck it. Let's keep going. That one was 500 people long. They did it in a prison. I watched the first one. And it was so grossed out. I was so uncomfortable with everything that I felt like I absolutely had to watch the second one too. And it was worse. It was somehow worse. It was just... (laughs) Kara, right now I'm feeling very uncomfortable. I imagine everyone else is too. We wanted to talk about Amy Dunn and now we're talking about gross, gross things. Can you play a clip that's going to lift everyone's spirit? Can you play the part in Sister Act 2 when the kid hits the high note during Oh Happy Day? That would be great. Thank you. Next question. Hi, Shay. This is Kenzie from Alexandria, Virginia. I just listened to your episode of Villains about Amy Dunn. And um, one thing about that movie that really sticks with me is when she hit herself in the face with a hammer. And I remember when I saw that movie with my ex-boyfriend, and he walked out of that movie traumatized by that. Um, Do you think that Amy Dunn went a little bit further than any other villain would as far as um, actually harming her person. Can you think of any other villain that would go that far? Um, hitting yourself in the face with a hammer is um, its a pretty extreme move. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Yeah, that part is super gnarly. What's wild to think about is she was ready to go further than even a hammer in the face. Like She was going to kill herself just to ruin Nick's life. She was really ready to take it there. <laughs> <laughs> as far as other villains hurting themselves like there have been a bunch that's the thing that happens a lot especially if it's a movie where a relationship is at the center of it for example there's a part in this movie called fear which stars mark Wahlberg as this crazy guy and reese witherspoon as this like sweetheart teenager who is rebelling a bit they start dating he goes nuts But Wahlberg ends up punching himself in the chest a bunch of times to bruise himself because he's trying to frame Reese's father for assaulting him. Like, that's a good one. And it's at least comparable to the hammer thing a little bit. There's a part in the movie Vanilla Sky 
where Cameron Diaz is upset that Tom Cruise doesn't love her anymore, so she fucking crashes a car. She drives it off of a bridge and into a wall. I think Vanilla Sky is a relationship movie. I've seen it like 10 times. I still have no idea. That one was tough. Maybe the best example is there's a part in Fatal Attraction where Glenn Close slits her wrists just a little bit. Not enough to kill herself, but she does it enough to freak out Michael Douglas. I love Glenn Close in this movie. She has the whole like the monologue part where she does the I'm not going to be ignored, Dan, line. That's an all-timer. Kara, can you play that clip right here? Can we hear that line? I just want to be a part of your life. Oh, this is the way you do it, huh? Showing up at my appointment? What am I supposed to do? You won't answer my calls. You change your number. I mean, I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. It's so good. That's so, so good. This is the only other movie where you can hold it up next to Gone Girl and say, like, okay, Glenn Close is close to what Amy Dunn is in this movie. Like, those are the two. Those are the two number ones. It's so good. They're both so good. Next question. Hey, Shay. Uh, you and this is Johnny. You and Mallory talked about how in 2018 uh, the movie was a little different. Uh, it's a great movie, but I remember at the time I was made uncomfortable by, uh, you know, depictions of false accusations of rape and false accusations of domestic abuse. And I was wondering if that was more sort of front of mind when you looked at it now. Um, I know it's specific to the character, but it is kind of kind of gross, especially given how many victims have their their stories called into question. All right, thanks. Love the show. That's a that's a big part of what makes Amy Dunn such a startling, unsettling villain. She's attacking everybody from all angles. Lots of times you have a villain and they are focused on one person or one group of people. That's not Amy though. Like she's not just attacking Nick. She wasn't just attacking Tommy. She wasn't just attacking Desi. She was going after every single person watching that movie, either directly or indirectly. Every person in it. It's, of course, gross. And it's, of course, irredeemable. That's the point, though. Gillian was trying to make a character so unbelievably monstrous while also being so unbelievably likely. It was an unreal performance by by Rosamond. It was unreal writing by Gilly. Like, it's, it's great. It's all great. It's supposed to make you feel what you felt when you were watching it. Next question. Hey, Shay. This is Nina calling from D.C. You said in the podcast that you watched Gone Girl with your wife, a.k.a. the goat, and that she knew what was going to happen, but you didn't, presumably because she read the book. Um, so I'm sure you both had a lot to say after watching the movie. Did you both have different reactions to Amy, or were you on the same page? Did you both see her as a villainous mastermind, or did you guys see her as a victim of her circumstances who just used her smarts to do something about it all? Um, and if you differed, what did the goat think versus what you thought? Love the podcast. Love you. Love the goat. Keep it going. Thanks. We both sort of ended up in the same camp, which is to say Amy was clearly a villainous mastermind, to use your phrase, but she had a point. She <laughs> I mean, look, obviously all of the terrible things that she does in the movie are terrible, but <laughs> but I get it. 
She felt pushed to the edge. She felt like she had, in effect, had her life stolen from her. So she was going to steal Nick's life from him. Cheating is bad. Cheating is really, really bad. It's among the very worst things I can think of happening in a marriage. It's a total betrayal. There's a proverb in the Bible that says something like, he who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. So maybe Amy was not really the villain after. Maybe she was just very, very Christian. <laughs> she was trying to walk in Jesus's path. <laughs> Next question. Hey, Shay, it's Dan from Houston, Texas. I was calling to see what you thought if Desi even had a chance to even survive after spending time with Amy because even if she didn't see the interview with Nick, do you really think she would have lived with Desi with the way that he was treating her? Love to hear what you think. Thanks. Oh, fuck yeah, binge mode. Nice. Desi had no chance. Zero chance. He maybe had one single percent of a chance in the very, very beginning. But there's this quick thing after he rescues her and he brings her to his lake house where he like mentions that he has a treadmill. <laughs> and it was a wrap for him after that. He had to die. You don't say to a person who's in the middle of framing someone for murder, hey, maybe exercise a little bit and fix your hair. <laughs> that was a bad call by Desi. He had, a, he had a moment there where he did a very bad job of reading the room. And it... <laughs> And it cost him. He had no chance. He had no chance at all. Next question. Shay Serrano, this is the most important voicemail I've ever left. Nick Dunn is sitting at the bar at the bar, and Margot comments that his fifth anniversary has come fast, and Nick tags on and furious. So I'm wondering, is that why you chose this movie? If not, I understand. If so, I completely understand. And my question is this, uh, if you were to recast this movie with either characters or actors, your choice, from the Fast and Furious universe, how would you do that? I'll throw in a little go Spurs go, and now I'll hang up and listen. No, I didn't choose this movie because of Nick's little Fast and the Furious hat tip. But, <laughs> but that's funny. I like the idea... Of them making it like, oh, he definitely watched the Fast. He loved the Fast and the Furious series. <laughs> I like it. You can't recast this movie with characters from the Fast and the Furious, like you're saying in your, in your question here. Because the very premise of it is the opposite of the spirit of the Fast and the Furious movies. Gone Girl and Fast and the Furious, they're, they're doing totally different things. The Fast and the Furious series is all about family. It's all about love. It's all about protecting each other from harm. You can't have Dom cheating on Letty or Brian cheating on Mia. It would unravel everything. Nothing would make sense anymore. So I refuse to participate in your game here, sir. I refuse to besmirch the reputations of my beloved Fast and the Furious characters. Kara, we got to cleanse this bad energy right now. Can you play Dom's winnings winning speech from the first Fast and the Furious? Let's start it where Dom asks Brian why he's laughing and Brian says, dude, I almost had you. What are you smiling about? Dude, I almost had you. You almost had me? 
You never had me. You never had your car. Granny shifting, not double clutching like you should. You're lucky that 100 shot of Nas didn't blow the welds on the intake. Almost had me. Now me and the mad scientist got to rip apart the block and replace the piston rings you fried. Ask any racer, any real racer. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. I'm fucking, <laughs> yes. I'm fucking so fired up right now. Kara, normally we do the thing where I say next question and then you play the beep from a voicemail. <laughs> We're going to switch that for the rest of the, <laughs> of the Q&A. When I say next question, can you play the sound of a car revving its engine? <laughs> revving its engine. We're going to do this in honor of Dominic Toretto. Next question. Hi, Shay. This is Camila calling from Brazil. So my question is, were you happy with how the movie ended? And also, what do you think the future holds for Nick, Amy, and their poor baby after the events that took place in the movie? Thanks. Love the pod. Bye-bye. Hey, shout out Brazil, baby. I used to always pick Brazil when I was playing FIFA, Road to the World Cup. <laughs> Brazil is good. I loved how the movie ended. I really liked that it ended with Amy having outsmarted and outmaneuvered every single person in it. That's great. That's a big check mark from me. As far as what comes next, it's going to be a miserable life for Nick, obviously. And that baby's going to have some real problems once he or she becomes a teenager and starts trying to flex a little bit. Like that always happens when you're 16 or 17. You start saying, all right, let me see what I can get away with here. Like, can you imagine you're 16 and your mom, Amy Dunn, is like, be home by midnight tonight and you're out with your friends laughing about it. Ha ha, my lame mom wants me to be home at midnight and you get home at one and she's just standing there in the dark fucking covered head to toe in blood. <laughs> she could legit be like, pull you real close and in your ear, just tell you, motherfucker, I have killed before. Like, <laughs> you're screwed. You're done for. You're not getting it. If she starts doing the cool girl monologue, except now it's cool mom, it's a wrap, baby. It's a wrap. Next question. Hey, Shay, what's going on? Um, so me and my wife have been debating this for a while now, but we we got two questions. First is, why don't they know uh, that Amy showed up at Desi's place for like, I mean, she was like gone for a few days at least and then showed up. But my question is, for sure, Amy's going to use their kid against uh, Nick, right? I mean, she could just be like, yo, Nick is 
kind of just like a uh, he's a creeper with kids and shit if like, he ever steps out of line. So there's absolutely no way Nick's going to step out of line, right? Anyway, all right, man, love the show. To your first question, that was the point that Jason was making in the actual episode. He was pointing out that nobody really bothered to try to figure out if Amy was telling the truth or not. Nobody tried to match up any of the timelines or press her on any oddities in her story. Detective Boney was the only one, and she immediately got shut down. They just let Amy go, assuming what she was saying was the truth. And I guess that kind of makes sense. You can't anticipate that level of evil from someone. It's unprecedented. So that's what's up there. That's why she was able to get away with that part. To your second question, yes, you are 100% correct. Nick has to leave. This has been a running theme so far. We can all see this is going to be bad for you, Nick. You've got to ditch that kid and just be in the wind forever. It's only going to get worse. She's going to use that kid as a weapon against him every time he tries to get out of line. And as you sort of implied there, like you'd do better off going to jail for having murdered your pregnant wife than if you go to jail because your wife testified in a court of law that you're now molesting your child. It's bad. It's all bad for Nick. Get out, Nick. Next question. Uh, hey, Shay. Um, this is Matt from Oregon. Uh, on my rewatch uh, for... Uh, Gone Girl, I noticed that when Amy is going through her calendar of all the shit she's going to do, there's a couple different dates labeled uh, kill self question mark. So this kind of had me wondering um, if she was ever actually going to kill herself, you know, like if she ever had it in her. Not that I'm trying to glorify suicide or anything, but um, she just kind of seems like a person who, while very unhappy in her marriage, uh, really liked watching uh, Nick suffer and living on some level. So yeah, just wanted to know your thoughts on that. Um, love the pod. Thank you. Take my answer off the air. Bye. I think she was going to do it, yes, but only if we get to a point where it was clear that Nick was not going to get sent to prison because there was never a body that was found. Like that's the thing they always mention in the movies. How can you charge someone for murder if there's no body that was murdered? You know what I'm saying? So if she was able to watch Nick get sent to prison from afar, then I imagine she'd have gone ahead and just stayed alive, at least for a little while. But if she saw that it was starting to look like he was going to wiggle out of it, then maybe she does go through with it so that they have a body there so they could say, here's the body that Nick murdered. Although I don't know. Because listen, she researched really hard for all of the parts of this thing. I have to assume she knew that the coroner would be able to tell when she died. Like the coroner can always look at the body and go like, oh, this person has been dead for two days. I don't know how they do that, but they do it in all of the movies. I assume she knows that as well. She knows that if she waits longer than a day or two after Nick gets arrested, the timelines aren't going to match up. So I don't know. You see the issue with all of this? We're running into this right now. The issue is Amy's just so much smarter than everyone else. All of the parts in the movie where it looks like things might fall apart, she has a plan for it. Even when they do fall apart, she's real quick to come up with a thing. So 
who knows, really? Who knows what Amy was really going to do? Certainly not me. I'm not smart enough to keep up with her. Nick wasn't smart enough to keep up with her. Detective Boney wasn't smart enough to keep up with her. Tanner wasn't. Nobody was. Nobody can. That's why we're going to end this thing right now. Let's end the Q&A with everybody just sort of having admitted that Amy has once again outsmarted us. Thank you for listening to this bonus episode of Villains. We'll have an all-new full episode this Thursday. We're doing the horror movie Villain. It's very good and very creepy. My guests were super smart. I'm excited for y'all to hear it. Listen to Villains or go to hell. <laughs> <laughs>